Welcome to the Parent Coach Podcast, where family problems are simplified. I'm your host, Brant Noe. I'm a licensed clinical social worker that has specialized working with children and families throughout my career. The intent of this podcast is to help you simplify the challenges you're facing at home, build your self-awareness and insight, offer you advice, ideas, and teach you skills to develop healthy and effective relationships with your children so that you can have hope for their future and the confidence that you can deal with all the challenges that come with growing up. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Brent Noe and I am the parenting coach. Today we are going to kind of expand on the last topic, which was how to help your siblings stop fighting. And we had a parent immediately respond and say, well, what do you do when you have two kids and they, they fight for your attention? So it's kind of an attention issue, not necessarily the fighting part. And I think this is actually a pretty common problem and one that I think is, we'll call it easy to solve. It just depends. So there's actually lots of reasons why kids fight for attention. And that really is dependent upon the individual kids' needs. And I, I can't give anybody a blanket statement that says, here's exactly what's going on with your child because I would have to meet that child and meet your family to, to understand those dynamics to give you a, a clear indication. But generally what I see is, is the most common problem. And I say it's the most common problem. It's not just between siblings. It's a common problem as small as siblings and as as big as national issues. It happens throughout all of our lifetimes in so many different ways. And the issue at hand is really one of scarcity. And so what happens is, is that when our resources are scarce, uh, we tend to get really frustrated. We tend to get angry. We tend to pick fights. Um, some people call them wars. We <laughs> tend to do everything and anything we can do to hold on to our resources. And this can look a lot of different ways for kids because kids, they know what their needs are and they're trying to get their needs met and they don't always necessarily know the best way to meet those needs. And so they're looking at their sibling possibly getting love and affection and attention from one parent and all they know is that inside of them, they long for that same love, affection, and attention. And so instead of really asking for it, they see that other child as the, the object that is getting in their way that's keeping them, not only just keeping them from their mother or their father or their, their caregiver, but they are actively draining that person of resources. I think one of the very common themes that you hear a parent would say is there's only so much time in the day and there's only so much of me to go around. And that's a really, really true statement. However, that statement really does play right into what kids struggle with is that you, the parent, are a limited resource to them. When you become a limited resource to your child, that engages that part of them that's, so oh no, I need to, I need to worry about the world and, and are there going to be enough resources for me? And this is actually a great problem to solve when kids are young, because as I talked about earlier, these problems expand beyond just childhood. They go into relationships, they go into our businesses, they go into, into so many different aspects of our life. If we don't learn how to manage that scarcity mentality from a young age. And so having two kids who are let's say competing for the energy and resources of their mother, this is actually a great time to to do that. Now, there's a couple steps to this. The first step is is pretty easy. Don't see your kid as good or bad because they're engaging this scarcity mentality. This is a fundamental human problem that everyone goes through and everyone has is that we all at times struggle to secure our resources. 
And whether it's financial resources, whether it's emotional resources, whether it's psychological resources, whether it's actual resources, any of those things, we get worried and we get afraid that there's not going to be enough for us. And the moment we think that there's not going to be enough for us, the housing market in 2008 was one of these things. When I first bought a house, my wife and I were like, we're going to get priced out of these housings if we don't go ahead and buy a house. And so we went ahead and we bought a house and it made everything more complicated. But then, of course, the housing market slowed down and actually went the complete opposite way. And if we would have waited, we probably would have got a better house and a better location at a better price. But it was our scarcity mentality of the housing market that really got in our way and impacted our decision making. Because now we're making a decision from an emotional place and not from a logical place. And so when you are looking at resources, you want people to to see them from a logical place, not from the emotional place. But it's that emotional place that really kind of undermines everything when we get stuck in that place. And so this is what I suspect happens with most kids is that they haven't learned this yet because access to resources is really important and they don't know any better. They don't necessarily know. They have to learn over time that resources are always going to be available to them, that there's always going to be enough. And this is really the shift we're trying to make is to a mindset of an abundance mentality. And an abundance mentality is just that. It's the idea that there's always going to be enough for us. And so the question is, okay, well, how do we create that abundance mentality? And that's what we're here to do today. We can start making this shift. So the first bit of responsibility in overcoming this issue is really going to be on the parent. See, even though the mom or the dad is correct when they say, I don't have enough time and I don't have enough of me to go around, What's happening there is that we're already kind of stuck in a scarcity mentality. The scarcity mentality is our mentality. We're thinking already that we don't have enough. And what gets communicated to our kids is we don't have enough. So what happens is, is that we get stuck in that scarcity mentality. We're already there. And it makes sense because we're adults. We're trying to juggle jobs and school and activities and spending time with our kids and making dinner and doing homework and being a good spouse and partner and all the other things that come along with being a parent. There are so many things pulling at our time. That's one of the reasons why we do often feel like there's not enough time and there's not enough of me to go around. And so what happens is when we get in that mindset, what we are communicating back to our children is that truth that there's not enough of me and there's not enough time. I am a hundred percent guilty of this quite often. And this is really the challenging part is just the idea of being conscious of when that happens. This is often, I think, is the hardest part for parents. Realize that happens and then to know what to do with that mentality, how to shift their own mentality. The answer for your kids and the answer for you are fundamentally the same thing, I would say. The first step in all of it is to stop, reflect on what you do have and be grateful. And this is not easy. And so one of the things I recommend to people is to to get into the habit of helping your children develop a sense of gratefulness. And not just for the things they have, but for their experiences, for the fact they get to go to school, they, they have a bed, 
they have toys, they have all of these amazing things in their lives, because once they step back and they start to see all the things they have and how much of the time they have with you, then it becomes an easier way to shift into that abundance mentality, because the truth is, is that they probably have a lot. And they have time with you and work in their classroom or you work at a job to make sure that there's a roof over their heads. Learning to be grateful is probably one of the best skills you can teach your kid at a young age. And it's not the same as, hey, I'm at a birthday party and and my friends bought me a birthday present. Let me write them a, a thank you note because that's nice. It's a really good step. But is that truly grateful? And the hard part is, is that you can't actually be truly grateful about something until you realize that that thing isn't there or doesn't have to be there. So one of the things that we do with our kids is that we talk to them often about how fortunate we are to have a house. We point out when we see homeless people or kids, and again, we kind of compare and say, this is what life could be like when you see pictures of third world countries and how the houses are stacked on top of each one another and there's no space. We try to point out all the time how lucky we are in our lives and all the things we have. This is actually one of the most important things because it also shifts our mindset. Because there's always things I want more of. There's always things we all want more of. We want better lives. We want bigger houses. We want maybe a newer car. So stop and breathe in all the things that are actually already going good in your life. Getting them to point out when things work. So here was an interesting situation that happened the other day. My son came home from school and he likes video games. So I said, hey, Junior, would you like to play Lego City Undercover with me? He says, I would, Dad, but I'm going to watch some TV first. And it was a Friday, so it's like, okay, that's great. And we never played video games. My daughter was paying attention to it. I saw her out of the corner of my eye, didn't make anything of it. And the next day she says, hey, Dad, can you and I play video games together? And I said, well, sure. And so then we spent some time playing the video game together. And my son, probably 15 minutes in, came into the living room. And now he was engrossed in what we were doing. He wanted to be a part of it. And then he said at some point, he said, Dad, can we play video games tomorrow? I said, of course we can. What drove that for him was not that he, it wasn't about him not wanting to or wanting to play video games. Is that once he saw his sister playing video games with me and the fun that we were having playing the video game, he realized, oh, wait a minute, I want some of that too. I don't have that and I want some of that. And that's what that scarcity mentality does. Again, it's not my son being good or bad. It's just my son then recognizing, oh, wait a minute. That's actually the thing I want. And I see my sister having it now. I want that too. Now, I wasn't about to stop what I was doing and pay attention to him. I was going to keep playing with his sister and then I would play with him the next day. And so the ability for that moment to happen and as smoothly as it does, so without any kind of negative interaction, comes from a lot of time prepping. And again, the thing we do the most is we prep on being grateful. So we teach our kids to be grateful all the time and try to like feel that feeling of gratefulness, not just, hey, I'm grateful for this. So if we go back to the beginning and I, as a parent, set my time and set my schedule up for a way to maximize my time and energy, because at the end of the day, I I want, and I want you to have the energy available to you to live your best life, to do all the things you want to do and to not feel drained. And what happens is, is that when our When we feel like we're not being enough for our kids, there is a point when it's not enough. It drains us of our energy. And so the first thing we have to do is that we have to, we have to choose a different mindset. And the best way to do that is with gratefulness, to being grateful for all we have, for the time we have together, for all the opportunities we have. And then we have to start prioritizing what those things are. 
And there might be things you decide to cut out because you're like, you know what, I can't do all of these things and be the parent that I want to be. And some people will prioritize that and some people won't, and that's okay. But then we have to figure out how do we then negotiate that. And the third part of this is then about setting boundaries in a compassionate way. My son wasn't ever going to get to come into the game and take over. He wasn't going to drive my attention away from what I was doing with my daughter. I had to set a firm boundary and be okay with setting that boundary with him. And he has to learn to be okay with that boundary being set for him. And again, this comes with time and practice. Once I set the boundary with him and he then responds, well, then he can then ask for what he wants, which is actually the last step, which is the most important step, I think, in the process is once we we're coming from a place of abundance and being grateful, and then we're setting appropriate boundaries. Then what we do is we're inviting our children to ask for what they want. And that is the most important piece is for them to ask for what they want and have the patience that they're going to get their needs met. Maybe not in this moment, but at some point you're going to get your need met. We're going to sit down and play that game together. I'm going to spend some time with you and then you plan it out so that you fit it according to your schedule. Because what happens is, is that when we're reactively engaging with our kids out of guilt, they feel that. They know that. And that's then what leads to that scarcity mentality, is there's not enough to go around. Instead of them feeling like, okay, I get it. Mom and dad are busy with their work or busy in their community events or busy with this. And so I'm just going to wait my turn patiently. That's not how it ever works out. That's, that's, it's not even how it works out for some adults. And so what they have to realize is that mom and dad are going to set a boundary with me and then I'm going to ask for what I want. And then we're going to set a time to get that need met. And then they're going to have faith. And most importantly, they're going to have trust. They're going to trust in the relationship. This is why I say trust is always the most important part of the relationship. They're going to trust that that need is going to be met along the way. So to recap, the first step is realizing that we often send messages that we are a lack of resource. We don't have the time or the energy to give. And that message sends a clear statement to our children that we are a scarcity, that they should feel a sense of scarcity instead of a state of abundance, that there will be enough for me. Once we can realize that, then we're going to work with our kids on practicing being grateful. And once we practice being grateful, and that can be in any way, my family and I, we sit down every night and we do a grateful journal. We, we write down two, at least two things at which we're grateful for. Nothing fills my heart more than when one of my kids say, hey, I really appreciated spending time with you today, or that conversation we had today, or getting to play video games again today, because that means that they're coming from a place of abundance. They know they have enough of me. So once they're feeling grateful, then we're going to set boundaries with them. And those boundaries are going to be important because it sets our limits because we should be aware of where energy is at. And the reason why boundaries are so important is because I don't want you parenting from a reactive place, from a place of, of guilt or shame that you're not doing enough. Because the moment you do that, you're reactivating that scarcity. Setting boundaries is good. Making sure that you have the right amount of energy to live your best life is important to make sure you can do that. Sometimes I take a nap because I have to get myself straight before I can engage my kids because I want to make sure that I show up with them and I'm present and I'm not there out of guilt. I'm not there out of shame. I'm, I'm there because I want to be there spending time with them. So my tip of the day is the most important thing you to do is pay attention to this idea of scarcity in your own life. 
Be aware of where you feel scarce in terms of your time, even money, energy. All of these things can suck the life right out of us. And so when we are feeling scarce, change and shift our our perceptions, our behavior, our awareness of how do I bring more abundance into my life? Because you can't teach abundance if you don't come from abundance. I hope this answered my emailer's question and I hope you all have a fabulous day. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you realize that even thinking how your relationship with your child could be better is an important step in the process. If you'd like more information on building a strong relationship with your child, go to theparentingcoach.com to learn more. Please subscribe to the podcast or visit Brant the Parenting Coach on Instagram and Facebook. Have a great day.